0: It's HBR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence, concluding the latest interview in our Off the Road series. Find part one and all the interviews at hawaiipublicradio.org slash offtheroad. And today it's one of the most legendary names in classic rock, Leonard Skinner. And drummer Artemis Pyle, who last year shared his story in the film Street Survivors, the true story of the Leonard Skinner plane crash. It documents the tragic 1977 crash that killed six, including vocalist Ronnie Van Zandt, and Artemis is one of only two band survivors still alive. In the film, there's this really telling moment where you and Alan Collins are standing next to the plane, and Alan says he's scared about getting on the plane. Alan, the late, great guitar player of the band, just take us, I guess, from that moment when you were first introduced to the plane, because that doesn't happen too much longer before the crash, huh?
1: Well, uh, you're right. The first plane that we had, which was also a Convair, was gold, black, and white, and it belonged to Jerry Lee Lewis. And we had his pilot, which was a man named Les Long. And I would trust Les Long to fly me upside down through the Lincoln Tunnel. (laughs) Uh, Les Long was an amazing pilot. But he got an offer from Flying Tiger to fly freight. Hmm. He auditioned some pilots, and he picked John Gray and Walter McCreary. And Walter McCreary was a very straight guy and was a, a very good pilot. John Gray was our co-pilot, more of a beer drinker, had a great personality, but they made a serious mistake. And you're talking about the scene in the movie when Alan I and I are at the side door. Right. And Alan, you're right, Alan is upset. And they were trying to start that right engine, and it was choking black smoke, and that's depicted in the movie. Right. So the night that we picked up our new plane, which was a year older than our 1948 Convair 560, we got a 1947 red, white, and blue Convair 240, and it wasn't a good plane. An hour or so before we crashed, the whole band had gotten in the middle of the plane and decided to go ahead and buy a Learjet for just the band and then buy two brand-new tour buses, one for the backup singers so they'd be comfortable and have their own bus, and one for the crew. Mm. But when we showed up at the airport there in Jacksonville on that fateful day to start that last tour, this red, white, and blue plane showed up, and it was late. And Steve Gaines and I were sitting in his brand-new Volkswagen Rabbit, and all of a sudden, we were sitting by the hangar, and the front of the plane came up, and the pilot stabbed the brakes really hard, and the plane did a real low bow with the front landing strut. I told Steve, I said, man, that's not right. <laughs> it showed me that they didn't have a handle on this airplane, but they had our name painted on the nose. Right. So we looked up, and we saw this new plane, a different plane. We kind of didn't like it. But they had our name painted on it, so we kind of thought, well, hell, it's an airplane and it's got our name painted on it. (laughs) Let's let's give it a chance. And uh, and so we we got on board and we did the first four shows before we got to Greenville, Mm. South Carolina, which was the last time the band performed. And just think about it. Sold out show, raising money for Toys for Tots. All my Marine Corps buddies were there, you know, in full dress blues. I was close to where I lived in Campobello, South Carolina. It was a homecoming. It was a family affair. And then we had the crash. So we took on 400 gallons of fuel, which is what the gauges said. But any pilot will tell you, you're supposed to take a stick and put it down in the wing tank and check your fuel and make sure you're topped off. Our pilots made that mistake. You know, I've never blamed them. They didn't want to die. Their families didn't want them to die. But they made some really bad mistakes. You don't trust the gauges on a 1947 Convair. And so they did. And we were 60 miles short of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We crashed in Mississippi. You know, the rest is history, of course. And the day after the plane crash, Peter Rudge, our manager, MCA Records, Everybody at MCA that was at the gig, our last gig in Miami, that said, We love you, you're our favorite band. The day after the plane crash, they turned their back on us 100% because I called Mike Maitland, the leader of MCA, the president, and I said, Man, we've had this plane crash and we got people in hospitals and we need some money. Mike Maitland said, "Uh, There's nothing I can do, Artemis. And I said, Well, Mike. Last week, you put your hand around me, your arm around me, and said that your father had been killed in a plane crash, too. And we talked about our fathers being killed in plane crashes. And I said, you're kidding me, man. There's nothing you can do. MCA Records cannot help us. You're going to pay us millions of dollars anyway. You can't give us an advance to help, you know, the band members and crew and families? And he was like, nope. Wow. And then Peter Rudge turned his back, our manager. So, uh, needless to say, Dave, I was kind of surprised (laughs) that they wouldn't
0: help us, you know. Unbelievable. And those Uh, scenes are portrayed, both the things that Artemis just described are portrayed uh, in the film so that you actually get to... I got uh, it in there. You did, I mean, so I'm glad that you got it into our talk, though, because it's um, gripping and those were really... um, important, uh, parts of that. Well, on that note, a final, uh, cause I could talk to you all day. You're so warm and fuzzy. I'm giving you big hugs and high fives too. And, uh, I got this listener. I mentioned to Thank you, to you uh, earlier, Steve, the mystery emailer. This is from Steve on January 5th, 1977. Leonard Skinner made their Hawaii debut. They played a sold-out show at the Blaisdell Arena, one of the stops on the Street Survivors tour. And it mentions that they played for one hour and twenty minutes, and fifteen-minute version of Free Bird. Ticket prices quite lean back then: seven fifty, six fifty, five fifty, four fifty. First and only time that Skinner played with <laughs> with uh, Ronnie. Any cool memories or stories that maybe Steve helped you come up with there?
1: So it, it's beautiful Hawaii. It's paradise. An amazing place. I think everybody in the world would like to go to Hawaii and (laughs) and see that. Certainly we were no exception. We had a a really good show at the uh, arena, and then we went over to Maui. I think we were there for seven days. The whole band? Yeah. (laughs) In Maui, uh, we stayed at Nepali Village. Wow. And everybody in the band went out and bought a gigantic bag of weed, (laughs) the Pakalolo. And uh, when we were staying on Maui, We went to the top of the mountain. I can't remember exactly, but I think you could see Molokai. I saw the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen it since. It was a beautiful full moon. It was a black starry night. And there was a rainbow over Molokai. And I, about 10 people were with me. We had taken a couple of the vans, but we saw a night rainbow over Molokai on a full moon and i've never seen anything so beautiful in my life and it was it was in hawaii on the hawaiian islands and uh i don't think anything stands out in my memory more than seeing that night rainbow
0: there's nothing cooler to end our our chat on either my brother i mean it's uh the great artemis Pyle, legendary leonard skinner drummer leader of his own artemis Pyle band he wrote the uh outline of the story that made the 2020 film Street Survivors the true story of the Leonard Skinner plane crash just been sharing all kinds of great stories
1: it, it was great dave just thinking about hawaii and our time over there and i haven't been back since i would love for us to be able to play if there's any way you could get my band over there and sponsor something we would love to help raise money for something and come back over there so you know this has been a total pleasure you're an incredible very eloquent speaker, and I I appreciate the questions, and thanks for giving uh, us the chance to revisit the movie and the soundtrack, and if you possibly can, please play a song off of the uh, album soundtrack that my son Marshall wrote, Marshall Daniel Pyle, Southern Feelings that is played at that critical moment when we pull up to the plane for the last time, and I'll leave you with this, Dave. The hook is...
0: Live each day like it could be the last day of your life. That's your outro song, cuz. Thank you. Feel a big hug, all right? Thanks, Dave. It's been great.
2: Southern feeling wakes me at first light. glow of the sun. Everything's all right. Walking the Take it easy in this life, each day comes and goes, take each breath with light and light, live it like it could. home again. Everything's alright. Home to the mountains, beneath the starlight. Bring it on, you say, each day comes and Oh Nestle down in Asheville For another grand night Walk up through the city With the stars shining bright Keep these moments in your mind Each day Take a quiet second, feel the laughter and the light Live each day like it could be the last day